Welcome to the Yana podcast, a mental health podcast where we're going to talk about life, hear stories of strength, and get all in our feelings so we can remind you that you are not alone. Our hosts are me, Carly, and Becca. Both of us are super passionate about mental health, advocacy, education, and shattering that stigma. We love creating opportunities for young people to share their stories and experiences about navigating mental health and life in general. The content of this podcast may contain mature subject matter, such as discussions about suicide, self-harm, drug and alcohol abuse, sexual or physical violence, as well as the use of strong language. Listener discretion advised. So today I am so excited to introduce one of my favorite people in the entire world, Rohan Sharma, (laughs) (laughs) aka Rex Mundi is, he's a rap artist, published author, and mental health advocate from Bucks County, PA. He has spoken in a variety of public settings around the country, including as part of the NAMI Ending the Silence program, sharing his powerful story of his own struggles with mental health, prison, recovery, resilience, and hope. He ha- He's amazing. I can't wait for everyone to hear what he has to say. So. Yay! We love Welcome. you, Rowan. Oh, man, what an intro. I don't know how to follow that now. That's I know. Incredible. That I didn't want to go, yeah, I didn't want to go into any detail because I, want, <laughs> I wanted to come from you, so. Well, thanks so much for having me, guys. This is uh, a lot of fun, so I appreciate it. Yeah, we are so excited to have you. Obviously, yeah. we I, I love you as well. And I'm so honored to have you on the podcast and just to have you as part of my NAMI family and just my circle in general. So you're as you would say, you're super dope. <laughs> <laughs> well, the feeling's definitely mutual. So I appreciate that. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And Rohan and I, I don't even know how many times we've presented together um, when we've done Ending the Silence. I don't know. He is literally really one of my favorite people to present with we have a great <laughs> you know he's just awesome so yes. I'm so excited you guys, you guys are a dynamic duo for sure yes <laughs> some impacts yeah I like to think so so I hope That's so awesome. yeah I like to think so as well I I know so I do I feel that <laughs> um before we jump in with Rohan sharing his incredible story I wanted to do our normal check-in kind of check in on you guys see how you're doing see how your week your weekend has been and then I really my question of the day is I am all out of options and I need to know what you're watching on Netflix I need to know what is like your jam right now are you watching something that you love that's new are you re-watching you know something that is like your diehard sister sister just came back on Netflix. Oh man. What like so I mean, you know, there's lots of options. So. That is a blast from the past. It's amazing. So I want to know how you're doing and what you're watching. So Becca, I, can you start? Sure. Um I'm doing okay. I had kind of a weird day yesterday where I was feeling pretty anxious. Um but today I'm feeling a lot better. It's Saturday, so Love that. And um, Netflix. I'm watching. (laughs) I'm currently watching 
myself, I'm watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. Because um, I'm kind of a nerd and love the Marvel universe. And, uh, <laughs> and then I'm also, like, and then I also, like, at the end of the day when I'm, like, going to bed, I watch The Office, which has been at least 7,000 times I've seen this show. Nice. Um, and then I'm also alternating with because I'm I'm down the I'm in Florida on vacation with my mom so we are watching Shit's Creek which has also been like the 90th time for me but she's not ever seen it so it's great oh my gosh you're incredible you're like a Netflix <laughs> professional I, I am <laughs> it is I I, I mean I, I thought I finished it but apparently not so oh my gosh <laughs> amazing amazing well I'll I'll go next and then we can let our guest go but I'm doing good I'm tired I'm always tired I'm a mom of (laughs) like a hundred kids I feel like so yeah I am tired and I mentioned you know that we just recently welcomed in a new foster baby so I'm adjusting to the sleep schedule and all that stuff but I am doing well I'll get to see some of my family tomorrow so I'm excited to see them um let's see my show I this is also kind of like a confession I watch like the trashiest garbage (laughs) I watch like all the dating shows all the drama reality garbage and so my favorite show I watched it in legitimately one day Mm -hmm. was called Selling Sunset Mm -hmm. oh I've heard about yeah listen it's a healthy mix of like real estate and like but I'm talking like multi-bajillion dollar homes in like LA wow and drama it's amazing so it's my favorite show I love Mm -hmm. it so much and it's just you know one of those mindless shows that just is good for the soul (laughs) incredible it is incredible. And then I'm, I feel like I've watched every documentary on Netflix as well. So I'm also a nerd in my own right. But I, I mean, I'll watch a documentary on like how a flower grows because it's, it's interesting to me. Okay. So I, All right. I'm like somewhere in the middle between documentary and like garbage trash. That is so But, cool. but in, but you know, as a whole, you're into nonfiction. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, some of those reality shows are slightly fiction, right? Um, I mean, you know, they'll they'll argue otherwise and say it's not scripted. <laughs> yeah. It's it's guided. It's guided. it's guided. There you go. Yeah. Usually, if you have to say it's not scripted, that's a sign yeah. that it might be scripted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. So that is a little bit about what I am watching these days. But how are you, Rohan? How's life? What are you watching these days on Netflix? I'm uh, I'm doing really well. It was kind of a uh, challenging week for me, I would say. Okay. Um, but I'm doing uh, a lot better now, and you mm. know, it's just I think this gorgeous weather is also helping. Yeah. As well, and I can't uh, I can't actually honestly give you a Netflix recommendation because I go Disney Plus though. Yeah. Yes. That is what yes. I watch, and I have to say my life got significantly better when I made the switch from Netflix to Disney Plus because. It's just like everything on there is just so happy, so magical. And like, yes. although I have to say, I had to take yeah. a break from Disney Plus because a lot of those movies are actually very sad. <laughs> like, there's like an every single movies. one of them. Yeah. Like, there's some there's major like a tragic death. Yeah. yeah. There's definitely a, yeah, there's definitely that, like, especially in The Lion King and stuff oh, like that. Gosh. I would, I would oh my God. that. 
I watched Pete's Dragon. I watched Pete's Dragon and I was sobbing, like uncontrollably sobbing. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't. So what, what joy are you finding? Cause I also, obviously I have two now three babies. So Disney plus is like fire in our house. We (laughs) love Disney plus, but what are you watching on Disney plus? So I actually just watched Moana for the second Uh, time. Oh, that's Carly's. Yeah. Moana is my chick. I love Moana. I just can't recommend that enough. It's got like everything you need to know about life in it. And it's just so incredible. The way yeah, the water, you know, keeps bringing her back. Uh, oh, say it again. And it's, yeah, it's just like a perfect metaphor for life. You know, you just keep getting picked up. And it's just, mm. oh my God, it's so inspiring. So I know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Have you guys ever cheesy, seen, I know, yeah. no, I love cheesy. And um, have you guys ever seen Inside Out? Yeah. No, is, is that what it's called? Inside so. Yeah, that's what it's called. And it's amazing. Oh my God. It's like, is it Pixar? Yeah, I, think, I don't know. I think it's, it's on Disney point. Plus, and it is such a good. They showed it to me when we were when I was in the uh, psychiatric hospital. Um, oh, cool! It's like it such. Oh my God, Rohan, you have to watch it. It's, it's about really, really emotions. Good. Yeah. Always so. down for a Disney Plus recommendation, so I appreciate that. Yeah. There you go. That's awesome. <laughs> so you're yeah. not into the Marvel stuff on Disney Plus, or? Um, you know, I was actually just watching uh, Black Panther <laughs> as well. You know, because oh I'm yeah, really, I'm really rest not, in peace. Yeah, mm. I'm really not to be honest, I'm not a superhero type movie type guy, but okay. Black Panther, I think it was to to celebrate, you know, his life and, and that, was, that was what that yeah. was about. But yeah, absolutely, so sad. Oh my gosh, Rohan, I feel like I just like loved you a little extra and you're like, I like really I know. get down with Moana. I'm like yes you are amazing and again like adding to the list of the many reasons why I think you are such an incredible man an incredible mm. human oh man I um, appreciate that thank you Carl. of course you're welcome and I I want folks to know you know why Becca and I love you so much but I also want you to share a little bit about yourself kind of what brought you to NAMI, what brought you to the mental health advocacy world, kind of what makes you, you know, who you are today, this like fierce yeah. and incredible human that we all love so much. Oh, man. Yeah. Like, where, where, where do I even start? I think it has to do with uh, <laughs> probably, um, you know, growing up, uh, it was definitely the complete opposite, I would say, of where I'm at, you know, today. It was a lot of suppression, suppressing who I was, uh, not being mm-hmm. fully myself. Which, you know, is a, is a, it's an ongoing process. I still say I'm still being learning to be more myself mm-hmm. even to this day. And, uh, yeah, growing up, it was just me just doing everything that I thought pe- people would like or my family would like or my parents. And, you know, I tried playing sports. And I was terrible. And then it's like, <laughs> I don't know what that saying is, that if you measure somebody, um, you know, if you, if you measure a fish on how good it can, like, climb or something, you know, it's going to think it's stupid. But that's not what, you know, the fish is for. It's, you know, if you measure it against a category where it, it excels, it's good for its self-esteem as well. And I feel like that's that was definitely, you know, um, where where I would stand. And I was just, like, doing everything that just wasn't me. And it, mm. just, it just led into, you know, me even going to college was uh, I went to uh, Carnegie Mellon, which by all standards people would say is, is a pretty good school. And uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> Yeah, and, and it just led to me studying things I wasn't that excited about. It led to me, you know, even though I graduated with honors, it was not an easy task, and it just wasn't, 
you know, we, we definitely had highlights, uh, you know, my college career as well. It wasn't all bad, but the pro, the whole pre-med thing just wasn't me and organic mm. chemistry and biochemistry and all that oh, can be gosh. hard enough. When like, you, I'm stressed ah. out. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Even, but when you, uh, <laughs> When you when you love those things and you want to be a doctor, those things are yeah. still not that fun and still hard. But imagine when you're right. not in that mindset of of uh, wanting to be in medicine. But I'll, maybe I'll just back I cannot for a second. Yeah, go back. I love how you describe like when you were in school and um, you know like how you felt every day when you were go back to school. Go back to yeah. school. Yeah. It was <laughs> <start> <laughs> I'm already hooked on the story. It was, so. yeah. it was just a matter of, you know, a very vivid conversation I had with my family uh, when I was in high school uh, just comes to uh, mind right now. So I guess I'll share that. It's just um, mm-hmm. my, you know, my parents basically asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up and I had no answer for them. Um, but they were just insisting you could either be a doctor or a lawyer was in my mm-hmm. family. Those were the only two options. Mm. And it sort of closed my world off, you know, because I'm, I'm actually believing it. And I'm actually thinking that that is how life works. And you, in order to be, quote unquote, safe in this world, you have to just do fall in line, basically, and suppress who you really are. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that just added to my depression because I was already not in a good, stable mindset. You know, I, I mm-hmm. skipped over this part as well. But I was like, you know, kid, kids would tease me. They would call me crybaby because my emotions were all over the place and I just I, mm-hmm. I, I had no outer circumstantial reason to be depressed really mm-hmm. but it was really more of a um chemical imbalance which I just had no idea at the time that that e- that such a thing even existed you know and, yeah um I think denial is another big word I would use for my childhood because I would just go into denial that I even had issues to begin with and it wasn't like no one was really speaking up about these things and no, right. one, was, no one was really um, no one really looked like me on TV either. No one was really like the the hero and he would be brown. You know, it would always be like Apu, the side character or some comical. <laughs> oh, elite. my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. So, Rowan. So I didn't know who to, you know, look to as a role model. You know, I saw my older brother, obviously, as a role model. He was hard set on being a doctor. Mm-hmm. So he, so I started just not having a path of my own followed in his footsteps. Mm-hmm. And that led to medical school, which was a, uh, you know, obviously these things are building up over years, these issues. And it's just, as you can imagine, it's not going to end well. Right. So um, I ended up having a psychotic episode four months into my first year at Drexel. Okay. And uh, that, that was actually caused um, partially by my undiagnosed bipolar you know, I was very, very manic at this time, mm-hmm. but it was also uh, me reaching out for help. I went to see the school psychiatrist and mm-hmm. uh, I, I explained to her what was going on, but I sort of hid what was really going on, which again was, was not healthy. It was um, yeah. another example of me not being true to myself. And right. it was the doctor even asked me point blank, like, Are, is your radio talking to you? Does it feel like people could read your mind? Mm-hmm. And in my head, I'm thinking, like, how could she have known that? Maybe like, she's reading my mind right now, you know? Yeah. Because that's how real it was to me, these delusions. And I just said no, because I was afraid they were going to lock me up wow. in right. some uh, mental institution for the rest of my life. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I went into denial again. And she prescribed antidepressants, which was, you know, the, the typical thing to do if you see someone who's depressed and you don't, they're not uh, telling you their symptoms of mania. 
And what that can do is it can get rid of your depression, but uh, there's actually a warning label on these antidepressants as well. Yeah, sure. citalopram, And they say if it, co- it can cause manic episodes in people who are bipolar, if not yeah. given a... Hey, Rohan, yeah. can you, if you don't mind, just so that our listeners can kind of get like a more of a vivid understanding, share what you're comfortable with, but sure. can you share a little bit about what those manic episodes yeah. looked like or felt like for you? Yeah, yeah. I, can, I can definitely try. It was more, um, you know, I just remember having so much energy uh, and not like, you know, I was going to the gym at this time um, pretty much daily. And it would just mm-hmm. be at this, when, when the mania got out of control, it was just me going to the gym at three in the morning, not being able to sleep. And I'm still mm-hmm. able to lift more weight than I ever lifted in my life, even more mm-hmm. than I would uh, today. And wow. just, the energy is just not, you have to channel it in some way. Otherwise, it's going to yeah. come out in a destructive uh and I wasn't channeling it in healthy ways I was like smoking a lot of marijuana to self-medicate and I was Mm -hmm. drinking a lot drinking pretty much every day but the to to name the feeling I would just say it just felt like chaos you know yeah it just was utter uh you know total chaos and I just didn't know I know you don't you don't always you knew something was wrong but you don't know what it is exactly and that that leads to the feeling of being isolated as well sure uh, feeling trapped, um, not not knowing how to express what was uh, the inner ter- turmoil that was going on. So, yeah, um, yeah, those are the feelings I would use. But and um, and you know, I'm I feel like I'm an expert on Rohan. I, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, I uh, you know, I've read your book. I've um, uh, heard you share your story a million times. So. Um, there was you've described like also you were taking like how many classes were yeah i was taking, taking like yeah i was taking 12 at this time and that was expected oh of every student it i was just, just gonna okay. ask that was that like a standard thing for yeah these, this was pre-med right so like a yeah. standard pre-med oh, okay. student sketch yeah, yeah basically it was 12 classes and uh you know some of them were electives nice. like uh volunteer community service stuff like that but others were like real hard class like uh human anatomy and stuff that I couldn't wrap my mind around. Didn't even want to wrap my mind around because I I just, it wasn't me. It wasn't who I was. So the the stress just got too much and that led to the psychosis. Right. And you weren't sleeping very well and right. Like, yeah, um, uh, pretty much. I was, I was going uh, days without sleep, uh, failing all my classes, mm -hmm. which then in turn led to more stress, which only hyped up the mania even more. Uh, mm-hmm. I, was going, I was going to the casino, actually, and just right. gambling, you know, the money my parents were giving me for grocery, I was actually using that money to gamble yeah. and was losing, you know, hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Uh, that's That sounds, that's like a super common, yeah. I feel like, experience for people who are experiencing, like, I just said experience and experiencing in the same sentence. <laughs> it's, a super, it's a very similar thing, I feel like, for folks yeah. who are experiencing that, like, in, intense mania that almost like I'm reckless. unstoppable right yeah reckless. exactly yeah exactly. reckless behavior not, yeah mm-hmm. it's not finding and, the healthy channels to express it is what mm-hmm. uh, ultimately right the, yeah so yeah. um and addictive behaviors well just like those are also like addictive behaviors like gambling and you know using drugs and alcohol to you know they're all ways of self-medicating because gambling and substances like they release those 
um, endorphins and like pleasure sensors in your brain. And you're just like in this state of where you're just wanting to, you're just feeling so much, you're so intense, you know? And um, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And And didn't you do some, (laughs) didn't you do something else to your, to your body? Did you get a tattoo? And (laughs) yeah, I was just actually getting it. Yeah. That's so funny, Becca. Yeah, so I, and this leads to the feelings as well, because um, I had a, a poster of uh, Tupac on my uh, wall in, in college, and it said, Only God Can Judge Me, which is one of my favorite songs. Mm-hmm. And I got that tattooed on my upper back. Um, so I think judgment was another really big feeling yeah. word I would use that, you know, all these other students are, I'm sure they were struggling too. You know, med school is not easy, but they were also keeping it together, and I wasn't. And, uh, there was definitely a lot of self-judgment there as well. Cause I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't even tell you why I got that particular tattoo, but I feel like it was just ingrained in my subconscious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and, an impul- um, like an impulsive kind of decision that you just made. Right. Exactly. Right. And you, you just, you said it uh, perfectly because um, a doctor later explained you lose what's called impulse control mm-hmm. during a manic episode. And whatever comes to your, whatever uh, comes to your mind, you just act on it without, uh, controlling it so that was yeah. definitely a big one and um I am more proud of it now uh <laughs> you know even though it wasn't, yeah I, I love it actually and um yeah and then it led to a period of uh you know not sleeping for four days straight or oh then goodness. I ended up uh self-harming I took a, a broken bottle broken beer bottle and started basically just like cutting up my body um, which mm-hmm. I saw scars, you know, to this day mm-hmm. in a lot of places. And I actually uh, opened my own neck up trying to dissect it, which I didn't know. I didn't know why at the time, but I yeah. think later, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll uh, explain a little bit about what my theory is, is that mm-hmm. there was some, you know, we're doing the neck dissection in anatomy class on the human cadavers. Mm. And like, I was extremely uncomfortable with that. I just didn't tell anybody um that like what that was like and uh you know it's obviously not easy for anyone no one really enjoys that but you have to learn yeah right and I feel like I just didn't express all that unexpressed you know whatever you want to call I wouldn't call it trauma exactly but that unexpressed um heavy emotion had to come out in some form or fashion and in this case it was Mm. I did it to my own neck um yeah in which case you know yeah it was uh it was pretty pretty uh bad and I then uh, went to a gun store and purchased a uh, 40 caliber uh, Smith and Wesson handgun and proceeded to attempt a armed robbery against my drug dealer for marijuana because, wow. as I mentioned, marijuana was the only thing that would help me sleep. And um, yeah, it was just really uncharacteristic behavior. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Rohan, do you think that this was like because you truly, in your mind at that time, thought that you could do anything? Like that you exactly. could yeah. get away with this, that you wouldn't be, there would be no consequences for right. your behaviors. And you're just thinking that the world's not real anyway, so you don't, might as well just do what you want. But you can't explain that to somebody who, um, you know, d- doesn't experience it. It's not, it's, I put it this way, it's not something you can, like, imagine that mindset of being delusional. It's something you have to have, actually experience mm-hmm. um, because... Yeah, it's just it's just the idea that um, the, these things like they, they seem so real to you. Sure. But now they seem silly just trying to explain it because you're just like, oh, he was in med school. He didn't know 
he thought the world wasn't real. He thought his laptop was talking to him, you know, whatever. Yeah, but, but like, I think yeah. Becca says this term all the time when she does presentations that, like, you actually were not grounded in reality. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, you, you, because of your, you know, the challenges that you were facing in your mind, you, your reality didn't look like my reality. Like, right. it, exactly. it was very different. Right. It's a great way to put it. And it's got nothing to do with intelligence, actually. Um, right. Right. Because it's, it's not um, something yeah. you can just think your way out of. Um, right. Right. Uh, so things that seem dangerous to other people don't seem dangerous to you. Things that might seem impossible to somebody doesn't seem impossible yeah. to you. And that's not because that's actually the case. It's right. just that you're not, yeah, like anchored in reality. And um, so you talked about like hearing voices. So you were experiencing hallucinations, like, is that like auditory hallucinations? Were you experiencing any visual hallucinations? Um, it was more so just my uh, laptop. Like I would think like whatever I would put, whatever YouTube video I would put up, it felt like it was actually talking to me. Um, mm-hmm. wow. So I don't know if, I don't know if you would call that auditory or what, but I've talked to other people where they said the exact same thing. So I know it's not, Oh yeah, uh, that's me. common. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I um, literally think the t- you know the radio or, or my laptop was literally talking to me, and it was just right. very very strange and hard to express. But that's yeah, fine. I bet, I bet. Yeah. And also, like um, I remember you talking about thinking that people could read your minds. Or yeah, something. And, yeah. And you th- that's that's another reason you don't always ask for help because you're thinking that people are just know what's going on. And it's, it's so not the case. Like once I got on medication, the right medication, and I, I looked back, I was like, man, I couldn't imagine what they thought because to them, it was just me <laughs> acting erratic. Right. Um, but they, they really, nobody does know what, what's going on in your mind. And it took a while for me to actually accept that. So. Sure. Right. Um, right. Oh man. So Rohan, what, I mean, I'm just going to go back to the big, like, yeah, that you just mentioned that yeah, you that were, we kind of glossed I mean, over. Yeah, yeah. So. You, I mean, you attempted to. I mean, you were involved in a pretty violent. Um, yeah. Act. So what? Right. What went on from there? Like, what happened? Yeah. So I ended up getting uh, arrested. I first I was at Temple Hospital um, to get stitches in my neck, and it was there the police actually caught up with me and uh took me to uh jail and it's just weird because like they were sort of just like i I would guess you could say like placating me and just not um telling me the truth because no one no one read me my rights no one said i was under arrest they literally just took me in a paddy wagon to uh jail and the fact that i wasn't even like um terrified shows you my mindset because it wasn't until later on when the, I guess you could call it the reality of the situation hit me right. that I was actually terrified out of my mind because um, it was just a, a path of, um, you know, it, no, nobody can go through that sort of inner turmoil and not have it show on the outside in some way. So I feel like I sort of manifested that reality of a, the reality of a jail cell around me because I was already trapped in my own mind. In my wow. Own mind. wow. That's just how I felt. Yeah. And, um, yeah, luckily there was a jail psychiatrist there and she was like super, super understanding. She was like, um, you know, you, you get your one phone call uh, in jail and I pretty much wasted mine. And uh, she was nice enough to call my parents back up 
and explain to them the, the severity of the situation that your son had a, a bipolar a manic episode. Um, he's here, and not only did my parents, you know, uh, pay pay the two thousand dollars to get me out because my bail was set at twenty thousand dollars. Wow. Um, yeah, they also hired uh, a lawyer right away to basically uh, fight the case, and yeah, that that led to uh, a period. Of, I would say my bail uh, period was was a very dark time in my life. It was a year and a half total, and it was just a period of more self-destruction, more self-hate, more uh, yeah, just feeling like crap, you know, day in and day out, thinking that's what life, you know, what, what is your life going to turn into now? Mm. And that unknown. And it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. And uh, the best decision I made was to take a uh, plea bargain, though, which was uh, for 23 months in county jail, uh, followed by 10 years of uh, probation, and uh, the first deal they had offered me was three to five years in upstate prison, which I wasn't willing to do. Right. Um, but when they offered me the 23 months in county jail, I figured, hey, it's best to just move on with my life, get out, and I'll still be, you know, 25 and just move on with my life. So. Mm -hmm. and wow, it, yeah. Rohan. That, <laughs> I mean, what, what, an what an experience, like a journey. I don't even, I have no I Yeah, like I can't even imagine those feelings of, I mean, going and knowing you're going to jail. I mean, I can't, yeah. that's terrifying that's to me. Yeah. yeah. So I'm interested to hear like what, what's it like for you? you what know? was it like? What so, <laughs> so the first uh, month, I'm not going to even sugarcoat it. It was just a complete nightmare. Yeah, because um, I, I I walk on the block, uh, a block they they uh, called it, and I thought it was going to be the my lawyer had told me it was going to be a safer block because mm -hmm. um, it's the mental health block, and this is right. you know they have doctors and nurses, and in some ways it was because they did they did take extra precautions to keep sharp objects off our block, mm -hmm. but in other ways it wasn't because it was actually known as the fight block to the rest of the jail. And I wow. soon found out why, because pretty much, you know, every day, multiple times a day, a fight would break out. And it's not it's not just because you have people with a history of violence, but this is also the mentally ill uh, block. So it's people not taking their medication, people mm. lost in their own hallucinations. And as you can imagine, a fight would break out pretty much over anything and um, anything and everything. So the first month, yeah. I'm, I'm calling home to my parents, you know, tell them, like, I made a huge mistake. You got to get me out of here. Mm. This, is a, this is a, you know, a nightmare. I don't belong here. And, you know, there's nothing really they could do. And once once I accepted that, you know, hey, I might just uh, get my ass kicked <laughs> and I might mm -hmm. just uh, have a rough time. Once I actually accepted that, I was actually okay because it was actually the fear that made it worse. Yeah. And it was at that uh -huh. point my my mom started sending me the uh, these books, these amazing books on the power of positive thinking and how you can change your whole life around. Mm. And really, the only the only word I would use to describe it from the, from that point on was just miraculous because mm. I was just meeting the right person at the right time. I was just like, you know, people were just so nice. They would just come up to me and just say, "Hey, like, uh, is anyone bothering you? You know, you need anything?" And it was it was really mm. incredible how I would get that reflection of the inner work I did on my mindset. It was reflected back to me in real life. It was just so incredible. And that's why to this day, I'm a huge believer. You know, Becca knows this about me. <laughs> I'm a huge believer in the law of attraction. I and, love it. 
I, I know these principles work because there's no really no other explanation. You know, other people were getting extorted, people bigger than me, you know, getting jumped and uh, wow. let, let, you know, for some reason they just kept, I don't know, the way just kept getting paid forward for me in, in a really positive way. I'm not saying there wasn't dark times as well, but uh, mm. for the most part, it could, it could have been so much worse. I saw people whose entire jail sentences were just a complete hell, hell on earth. I can yeah. imagine. They would just get yeah. uh, bullied, bullied day in and day out with no, you know, the, the uh, COs, the correctional officers are just laughing. Uh, they're oh, standing wow. by and laughing at this, uh, you know, extreme bullying that's going on. It's terrible. And yeah, it, it really was. And I think in some ways it made me a little co- a colder of a person because hmm. you see this day in and day out and you're just like, well, what can I do? And at a certain point you just like almost cave into it. Yeah, and that's one thing that I recently, I would say, in the last few years, have I've been working really hard on be, becoming more compassionate because beautiful. Yeah, I did. I, I think that is what the world needs right now. And at a certain, yeah, point, I, I literally just stopped caring, and that's not that's the right not attitude to have either. So, mm. um, oh my gosh, Rohan, you are like, I mean, I know that you have used. You just recently used this word, remarkable or marvelous, like. Mm-hmm. Holy moly, you are remarkable. And I know, like you said, you don't like superhero <laughs> movies, but maybe that's because <laughs> you are an actual superhero. That is just so nice, guys. I, I appreciate that so much. And um, yeah, from there, from there, the story, you, you guys know the story. It just gets better from there. And yeah. uh, Okay, so now man. that we essentially, I know, I am like so... I'm, I'm emotional. What, what I else know. is I'm literally like emotional uh, every. Well, it's day. funny oh. because I've heard this story so many times, yeah. <laughs> but I still every time I'm just like blown away. And blown away. you know, I just I mean, especially knowing who you are today, Rohan. Like I can't. Yeah. Like I like I because I feel so protective of you too. I want to like go in there and like you know <laughs> protect you yeah. from all these things that happen yeah, oh, amazing. I hate that so, that happened to you but yeah, yeah. It oh is. man it's just now, it's so uh incredible to hear that because sometimes mm-hmm. I don't even think about it um, mm. really and sometimes I try not to think about it but when you actually go through it it's it's actually pretty uh amazing to hear yeah. so I, I really appreciate that guys this is adorable. We are just the sweetest bunch of friends. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know it got to forty minutes. I, I wasn't even looking at the time. Sorry, guys. I didn't know. It was no, like, don't be sorry. This oh is no, excellent. we're gonna keep going. Don't worry. Yeah, we're gonna keep going. We we want to know more. So yeah, I know you just said before we took a little break that it only gets better from you know after that treacherous experience that you experienced with your with your life and all the things that you went through things started to look up so tell us a little bit about Mm -hmm. that yeah yeah so it's like once um I changed my mindset into how is this serving me that was the big Mm. question I asked myself in every situation I would get a new cellmate I would say to myself you know okay this is good I don't know how yet but it's going to be good Mm. and um it, it would turn out to be exactly that, you know, and I would just read these amazing uh, biographies about people like Nelson Mandela and Victor mm-hmm. Frankl. And yes, it was just yes. like, how, how could I complain about what I was going through? And if, if for anybody out there who doesn't know the full story, you know, Nelson Mandela was incarcerated for 
27 years of his life. Yeah. And he mm-hmm. thought he was uh, going to be executed. And it turned out he got released and became, you know, leader of his, his uh, country. And Absolutely. I was like, that the, the insurmountable, you know, I, I don't even know the right word, but his indomitable will to just survive mm. and push forward was a, really an inspiration for me. Mm. And um, it was just like hearing stories like that. And then the, the things that used to bother me stopped bothering me so much. And I would just actually take stock of what I did have and how to be grateful for what I did have where, where things just began to skyrocket. And um, yeah, I made some really good friends, you know, some of whom I still keep in touch with, you know, to this day, I still talk, talk to uh, some of them. And um, awesome. probably yeah. my favorite thing out of my whole jail experience though, because uh, there were a lot of highlights Mm-hmm. Along the low, you know, the dark times was learning how to rap. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, still my favorite thing to this day because it, it became such a uh, crucial form of self-expression. I love that. And I found out I'm not too bad either. So yeah, well, no, you know, you're not going to get. It. We are not going to end this podcast without you rapping for us. So. Uh, so Absolutely. Good. I know. Absolutely. I know. So that is. <laughs> incredible so you learned how to rap you found I feel like you found this incredible sense of self and this like awareness about life and you got well yeah Yeah. you were you know you were able to really transform your life yeah yeah and I also um you know you've told me about how talk about how your sentence ended up going yeah, so the first leading up yeah. to the first year, um, you know, I'm doing really well. I have a job. Um, I'm making all these friends, and things are going really well. And my lawyer had told me there was a chance I could get out on my minimum date, which was 11 and a half months. Mm-hmm. And come to find out, you know, I get to, I was on my way to work one day, and I get a letter in the mail, and uh, I run up. It's from the DA's office, the district attorney, and. It turns out, um, you know, I go up to my cell, I'm really excited, and it says your parole get, got denied. You have wow. to max out your sentence. Yeah. And I'm thinking I'm doing everything I can possibly do. I'm staying out of, you know, mm-hmm. fights. I'm, I'm doing all positive things. I'm taking classes. Um, and it still wasn't meant to be. And I just knew this was good, too. I just didn't know how. Yeah. To, and that second year turned out to be uh, pretty incredible, actually. Um, it turned out to be, you know some some pretty wild uh things ended up happening and i actually ended up loving myself even more you know i, I it's, it's yeah. self-love is a path of i feel like it's a process you know i'm still mm-hmm. not fully there today but i learned to actually grow through these challenges and yeah. It didn't yeah it just didn't matter what life threw my way anymore because i at this point i was like what else could you know it, it, at this point it was just like how how is it serving me Wow. That really transformed my life. So, wow. yeah, I mean, that could take. I, I just like, I'm always blown away by that because I feel like that would really take someone down, you know. And like, you just were able to like, maybe not see the positive side, but know that there would be a positive side and keep going. I think that's just amazing. I think that's such a admiral, admir, admiral, admiral. <laughs> admiral. Oh, man. You're admiral. 
admirable, like, um, you know, way to look at things. I just, I'm, yeah. I'm, ama- I'm always amazed by that. It's amazing. Yeah. Like the power of self-love, you know, right? Mm-hmm. Like right. When you, and it, like you said, Rohan, that you're not fully there yet, but I, right. I truly think that that's a journey for everyone. Right. Mm-hmm. That like being on that journey with yourself and learning how to love yourself fully and wholly. And I think it, it takes time and I think it takes, it, it takes a, a journey. It really is a journey, mm-hmm. right. but right. it is incredible. You know, once you are there or once you're even close to there. Yeah. I don't, I don't see it as like a de- destination one yeah. day I'll be in complete self-love. I just see it Correct. as a ever expanding, you know, spiral, upward spiral. I love that. And, yeah. Um, it's all, it's also about discovering your gifts that we, everyone has, you know, and acting on the things that actually, excite us and not just uh caving into what you know society or maybe your family might think yeah is the right path for you and uh, mm-hmm. this all goes back to moana so many lessons in that in that uh movie i gotta but, watch it yeah. you watched it that's no a, i that know is, that is wild listen moana <laughs> is an actual queen okay like she's an amazing human <laughs> i'm watching it when i get home yeah nice nice yeah i don't have just, disney plus here it so. was just the idea that you know her family wanted her to be this chief and she knew that her journey was to be a voyager and go, yes. go journey beyond the listen and, uh, that is why on our no first, first our second episode maybe i said yeah. that Moana was my girl because she's a feminist right like she yeah. was like listen i'm gonna go on all these adventures and do what i want to do for me right yeah. i and that and no one's gonna tell me nothing Love and it. she just like she broke barriers she was brave she right. was bold she didn't like fit these like standards that society put in place for her yeah and she just Absolutely. like crushed it i could talk about moana all i know <laughs> <laughs> me too, Carly. Me too. Oh my god, I love that. I, yeah. Okay, I gotta get in on it. I will you watch that. Train. I'm telling yeah. you. Life changing. Life changing. That's um, amazing. Yeah, so, so what uh, happened after? Yeah. So it all just, uh, you know, I would say my my life definitely got to a much more positive place from there. Um, I was released in April of 2015, and like I always say in my presentations, I was just a completely different person from that scared you know 20 I think I was 23 when I went in and basically a a kid was uh, my mindset I was even though I was 23 years old I still had the mindset of not knowing how to deal with my issues and when Mm -hmm. I was 25 I came out I was just this brand new person and Um, yeah it wasn't it wasn't always the easiest thing because you know I was was, uh, my parents were being very supportive and allowing me to uh live with them but it also was a was a inner struggle of me thinking that I could go off my medication and I don't need these meds and I'm more of myself off of them yeah and um I ended up having eight psychiatric hospitalizations just you know in and out of the psych hospital um Mm. that first year I remember one one time I uh I literally just got out of the psych hospital and I was cheeking my meds while I was in there and just what does that mean can you yeah. tell people what that means? <laughs> yeah, just hiding, just hiding your medication in your cheek when they go to look 
for it yeah. and then spitting it out later. It's a little trick I learned in jail, actually. But mm-hmm. um, all, mm-hmm. all the jail tricks. Yeah, like, not, <laughs> not the healthiest thing to be doing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I came home and I literally uh, I got really mad about something and I punched a door. And was with less than 24 hours of being released, I was back in the psych hospital. This uh. is like what my, you know, life had, had turned into. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't after until after that first year. Um, it was actually a support group led by NAMI, actually. And, All right, NAMI. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I was reaching out for help. And, uh, you know, it was just it was so great to have that support. And, um the very first day, they said they were looking for speakers for something called the Ending the Silence program. Love that. And it was just the, you know, I, I call them breadcrumbs. Uh, you know, I believe we all have a higher <laughs> self that, uh, not to get too, like, esoteric or anything. but I We feel love like... it. We love it here. <laughs> I, I, I truly do believe this, that we all have a higher self who, who knows where we need to be at, where we're trying to go, and, ha- and the best path of how to get there. Mm-hmm. And it feeds us, you know, these little breadcrumbs of excitement. Uh, like the NAMI group was definitely one. The Ending the Science program was definitely another. And I've just been following these breadcrumbs ever since. And uh, it's, it's led me to some pretty incredible places. So, yeah, um, I would just encourage yeah. everyone to act on the things that excite them. Oh. Um, so, oh, Rohan. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I, I, love <laughs> I love you. I love you. Yeah. So, I want to hear, so you have a book. Talk about the book. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't actually get into this, but it was actually really therapeutic for me to just um, write out like the fully in detail what happened. Because I think part of the Ending the Science program, why it was so great for me is it, re- it released some of the shame that mm-hmm. went along with it, you know. Absolutely. And, and the book was so, uh, you know, especially in Indian society, you know, my, my family didn't really tell anybody. Um, because it was so like looked down upon in society sure and it's actually the opposite because these are the same things that you think are uh, meant to be hidden or swept under the rug are actually the same things that make you who you are and it should, you should mm-hmm. actually in fact be proud of these things so I said I'm going to put this wow. in a book which is exactly what I did and it's called um, A Very Thin Line My Journey with Bipolar and you know there's, there's I say this all the time but there's you know, very thin lines with like love and hate. There's a thin line between mm-hmm. genius and crazy. But I had an incredible experience in uh, Bethlehem, PA, uh, vivid to me. So I, I decided to make it the title of my book. I love that. And uh, wow. And can we <laughs> yeah. find it on Amazon? Yeah, it's on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles. Uh, there's a link for my publisher, Rhythm and Bones Press. You can find it on that website as well. And yeah. uh, awesome, yeah. so yeah, we'll leave the link for your book in our episode notes so, so that cool. the listeners can get it if they're interested. It's an incredible read, I highly recommend. Yeah, so much read it. And then the coolest, I'm sorry, but I think this is cooler than your book. But... <laughs> <laughs> it's is your music is your rapping yeah, so you just released uh an what uh, an ep uh actually an ep, um, EP I, right i have to wholeheartedly agree with you there becca that my ep is <laughs> in fact yeah, cooler than, awesome. than my book and uh something i'm actually more <laughs> proud of if anything because i, I learned to yeah. channel, you know this creative energy into something 
So are you going to drop some beats for us or what? <laughs> yes. So I do have a freestyle that I actually just uh, wrote a few weeks ago, and I would love to share it here. Yeah. Um, it's called my President Carter Freestyle. For anybody who's interested, uh, can look it up on my YouTube as well. Awesome. So I said, um, they say the good die young. Why do greats always die last? Bury me away from all the snakes in the high grass. Still mm-hmm. see them coming when I wear my eye mask. Stop their hearts cold. Call a triple bypass. You still hiding mm-hmm. from the shadows that the sun casts. Remember that the fun lasts only till the gun blasts. Call me a smart ass with a dark past, but the dog with the biggest bite always bark last. Mm. You could you could say I'm from the birds, but I grew up on State Road, and I'm with my DJ. All he do is break codes. Shout out to DJ Codebreaker, real quick. <laughs> pretty nice. pretty soon you'll see me on all of the late shows. You'll be in the eighth row while I watch the hate grow. Um, new music dropping. I really set the bar high. Tell all the critics that I'm tripping off the far side. Sorry, but before we get back to the show. Black lives still matter. Better act like you know. Hey. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys so Black much. Black lives matter. I awesome. love that. I yes. appreciate that so much, guys. You, know, you are too, awesome. So. <laughs> that is awesome. So we can find you on YouTube, too. What's your YouTube? Yeah, my YouTube is uh, Rx uh, space M-U-N-D-I. I say Rex Mundi. Some people say Rx Mundi. Either one is fine. Right. Oh, and, totally. Um, yeah, why yeah. is it Rex Mundi? Oh, why is it Rex? Thanks so much for asking, Becca. I never get tired of <laughs> telling this. Uh, yeah. So Rex, Rex Mundi is actually Latin for king of the world. Um, <laughs> but when I looked online, another artist had already taken that name. So I just changed it to Rx Mundi, like the prescription symbol. Yeah. Yes. People... <laughs> I like that's amazing. So it's so mm-hmm. great the way it worked out uh, that it way. It truly is. Yeah. That is incredible. Yeah, well, well, thank you for rapping for us. Of course. Yeah. Yes. Like I said, my favorite thing to do. Can't thank you guys enough for having me. Of and, course. Uh, I well, have, we have a um, question, right? Yeah, we do. We have a question. And this is really, I feel like, something that, Rohan, you could answer. I don't know if anyone else or Becca or I wouldn't want to chime in. But the question <laughs> is, um, I experienced my first psychotic break when I was 23. And I felt like my life was over and I would never amount to anything. Mm. I did some pretty messed up stuff while I was unwell and caught a record screwed up relationships and ruined a lot of my future. I sometimes feel like I will never get better or that people will never see me as more than just my past. How do you get through that mindset? How do you work on rebuilding your life after treatment? Wow. That's that's an absolutely uh, fantastic question. And um, who could answer that better than you? (laughs) (laughs) What, uh, what comes to mind is just that um, what, you know, you at a certain point, you have to stop measuring yourself against society's standards. Like, I, I don't know that if the person said they were 23 or 23. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, we all have this ideal vision of where we should be at a certain age. You know, I'm 31. I actually just wrote about this, uh, that mm-hmm. I'm not where I thought I was going to be either. You know, I'm a convicted felon living on uh, right. social security disability, living in my parents' house. And that's not mm. where anyone thought, you know, where I thought I would be. And, uh, yeah, at a certain point, you just have to stop measuring yourself against society mm-hmm. standards because I think it was uh, Nip- Nipsey Hussle, the late Nipsey Hussle, who said, mm-hmm. um, don't measure a man by um, 
other people's uh, where other people are at, measure him by I'm I'm butchering this, but measure him by <laughs> the progress he's made to his former self. Wow. And uh, that's something yes. I, I definitely I think uh, would help and hopefully that answers the question. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. I mean I'm, I hope that it did too. I hope the listener is listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was I think... a really a really good response, Rohan. And I think like Becca said, no better person to answer that question. Yeah, absolutely. I'm yes. not even gonna chime in because that was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. Um, and also I think before we wrap up, I always like to ask our guests this question. Um, and the question, Rohan, is if you could tell your younger self one thing, what would you tell him? Um, yeah, that's that's such a great question, too. And I think that, uh, you know, I, w- I would probably just, you know, just show him some love and just like give him a hug, you know, and, yes. and let him know that Aww. maybe maybe you have some dark times coming up, but it's, it's going to be OK after that. And uh mm. Life get, life just gets so good when you start being more of yourself. And yeah. It just doesn't yeah. have to be that hard. Amazing. Uh, is what I, I would tell him. Yes. I right. can only imagine. I can only imagine how cute little Rohan <laughs> I was just about to say, oh, oh, I wish I could go give little Rohan a hug. Um, wait, does that sound creepy? I feel like that might have sounded creepy. But I, no. <laughs> I wish I could have gone and protected Rohan. Um, yeah. I mean, you've often described – as feeling like you were wearing a mask. So yes, yeah, yes, go take time. that little mask off. Yeah. And be, be yourself yeah. and, uh, you know, shine. So I love yeah. that. Oh my gosh. Rohan. <laughs> I know. What a way, what a way to spend a Saturday, man. I know. I know. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having this me. This is so good. You're welcome. And where can our listeners find you on Instagram and things like that? Rohan. Uh, yeah. yeah th- Instagram is at rx.mundi. Um, my new single, uh, Maniac, is actually coming out uh, this Friday on Apple Music, awesome. Spotify, all that. Nice. So you guys can check that out. Uh, For the Man- sure. The Mandela Effect is, like I said, on my YouTube, uh, which is Rx Mundi. So that's where you can listen oh, to yay. my music. And yes. thank you guys so much. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, yay. Thank so you wonderful. for having Yeah. Thank you for being here. I Absolutely. Once we started doing this podcast, I was like, all right. Colin Rohan. He's got to be Well, you are, like I said, you are such an incredible human. And I honestly think such a role model for so many people, for so many young men, for so many young men of color, for so many people, just period. Like mm-hmm. you are, and I'll say it because Rohan says all the time, you are so dope. Like, so <laughs> dope. Oh, oh, man. Absolutely. Yeah, uh-huh. Appreciate that so much, guys. You're welcome. Yes. We love you and we wish you the best in all that you do. Absolutely. Thanks again, <laughs> okay, guys. Good. All right. Yay. Bye, Rohan. Take care, guys. If you or someone you know is in crisis, call the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline at 988. Or you can text NAMI to the crisis text line at 741-741 or go to NAMI.org for more information. Remember, you are not alone.